This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid. Just chatting to our ladies beforehand, I told them what an honor it is to be able to help moms and parents and our dads. And today we're going to help you by hopefully showing you and teaching you how to have baby fall asleep. Never mind sleep. When I say baby and sleep in the same sentence, it almost seems impossible. And it almost seems impossible when I think of my own rest. I mean, I've got big ones who are yay big and I'm still not sleeping because of them. And then I have little ones that are small. And even when they're sleeping, I'm not. So I'm really lucky to have Lindy Kukumur and Zanda Khrif with us. The ones in Gauteng, the other ones in Cape Town. I'm anywhere in between. I've also got my dogs outside. So if you hear anyone barking, it's them. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Touch, nourish, love your skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. A range of gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers for babies and children. Epimax can be used as a soap substitute or moisturizer and is gentle and mild enough to use from birth. But babies and sleep disruptions are often simply a part of new parenthood. Brave Little Baby prides itself in helping parents and their little ones to get the rest that they need and to properly function. You can also find them on bravelittlebaby.com, Brave Little Baby also on Facebook and then on Instagram, Brave Little Baby. Ladies, welcome to Baby Brunch. Thank you for having us. Seeing you, I want to fall into a tranquil sleep because... We are tired. <laughs> Why are our babies not sleeping? Lindy and Zanda, tell us, what are some of the common problems why a baby might not be sleeping? Well, thank, thank you so much for having us. We really do appreciate it. Um, so, yes, there are quite a few reasons why our, why our babies don't sleep. Um, and, and there's like, uh, really like, I think a parent sometimes feels like they are the problem. And we really from, um, believe that our parents only do their best and that we really just want to, um, encourage them that you, um, are doing your best and we are made to respond as quickly as possible. Um, and sometimes just with sleep, um, we, we kind of just have to have a, a, a thinking behind the sleep and, and we'll get into that. Um, but the reasons um, that they are waking is mostly because of growth development. Sometimes they're going through sleep regressions. Um, it could be sleep cycles. Um, it's not always hunger waking. So sometimes we um, do always think, oh, our baby's awake, so they should be hungry. Um, so then we end up... Uh, maybe responding in that way and it might become a pattern. Um, But we try and educate our parents that there are different ways to respond and that we don't always um, find ourselves that we have one way of doing things. Lindy, what's your approach? I mean, most of us wonder, and I love what you said, that most of us are trying our best and we are made to respond to babies cry. I mean, it's that whole thing of when... When you hear someone else's baby crying, you can feel your milk come on. You know, you, you immediately <laughs> want to want to go and help. Yeah, so I think um, oftentimes we just need to give a step back. And it's like with walking and crawling and all of that. 
Um, our children need to learn that skill and we actually give them that space to learn to walk. We, we guide them and we show them, okay, but you can actually give this step. We give them the self-confidence that they know that I am able to take this step and uh, take a step forward. So it's exactly the same with sleeping as well. We need to encourage them and give them the self-confidence to know that when mom puts me down, I am able to just go to sleep. I can let go and I can peacefully take a nap. And when I wake up again, someone's going to come and get me and we're going to play again. It's fun. So it shouldn't be something that we look up to or have anxiety about. It's, it's about just taking a step back and allowing them to to get the courage to do it by themselves. I immediately start thinking of the word milestones, which I sometimes want to throw <laughs> out with a baby's bathwater, literally. And, and I'm just thinking of your own journey, Zander. Why the name Brave Little Baby? Did it come from a personal experience? Yes, so um, my second son, we used to call him the Brave Little Lion. He used to be quite sick um, his whole first year of his life. So I think just when I finally found sleep um, via doing um, sleep coaching and and doing a program myself with my little one and really just um, realizing what a gift it is to really be able to have sleep and cope with life. You know, I have three sons as well. So it's it's quite a challenge to be tired and um, handle a whole household. So that's where it came, came across when I realized that I want to give the gift of sleep to other parents and really just reassure them that there are solutions. And um, that's where the name came from, Brave Little Baby. Well, I want to be brave too, and I can only be brave if I have enough sleep. So let's sleep. How do we get to sleep? Where do we start? Lindy, is this your job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, with every family, they're unique and your child sleeps at a different, in a different way than other children. Everyone's unique. But usually, um, I can give you about three tips for, the, for a general age up until two or three or four. This usually works. Um, so number one is get into a routine. Even if it's a flexible routine, um, have certain times of the day that stuff happens. So you've got a little routine that you do each time before your child goes to sleep. So that just creates predictability and tells them that when mom takes me into the room, we do a nappy change, we read a book, she puts me down, I need to sleep. And the second thing is we want to do this little routine before each nap time and at bedtime. So create that specific routine that you that you do at every nap time and every bedtime. So try and implement this for about a week and you'll definitely see a change already. And then the third thing is, again, that thing of just giving a step back and just listening when you hear your child waking up from a nap or at, um, say, 10 or 11 at night, just listen and you know your child. So just listen if it's a moan or it's not really an awake cry, just give a step back and see what happens. If it turns into a cry, obviously give a loving response and do what you need to do and put them back to sleep. So something as simple as that can definitely help baby and also our children. I love the fact that you said that, there's, that there can be a routine and that is how they will recognize that it is sleepy time. Mm-hmm. So what can you add to this? I mean, how do we put baby down to sleep, literally? 
Well, there's different um, methods that you can try and, it, and we would need to kind of know a bit more behind the scenes um, and about the baby and the family situation to really give proper and sound advice that could help with their family um, because we do take in consideration their temperament as well as the mom's temperament because we, mm. it doesn't help we give them a solution and they can't see themselves getting through it. So, so we have to look at all of that. Um, yeah, so we've got a few uh, great solutions with videos that you can share um, where we are specifically focusing on newborns. Um, so maybe that, that could give them some guidance. So, so generally we say um, don't change anything that, that you love about your baby and the way they're falling asleep. Um, our solutions are mostly for moms who are really struggling, who maybe needs to go back to work, um, who is just not coping with contact napping. Um, so so it's, that's, that's what our aim, aim is to help moms that are struggling with the whole process. And the biggest solution um, uh, that I can add to maybe to Lindy's tips as well is that that solves the problem is when our little ones fall asleep awake because um, putting them down too drowsy but awake, that is, I think everywhere if you read on the internet, they'll say, put down your ba baby drowsy but awake. But I would be like, how drowsy? Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think just to add to what Lindy said with the wine down and the bedtime routine, if you can even let them giggle and have fun so that they can really associate sleep with, with happy feelings, they are more okay to actually fall asleep on their own wide awake because we don't want to trick them. We don't want to slip out of the room and they wake up and they don't know where they are. If they've fallen asleep in your arms and you put them down, I would be confused. I would be like, hey, I was just in your arms now. Why am I in the bed? Mm. So we want them to fall asleep and know where they are falling asleep so that that can solve the, the that's part of the solution um, to, to healthy and happy sleep. So basically orientating baby, it's like you falling asleep on the couch and then all of a sudden you wake up in your bed, right? Yeah. Not a good. No. <laughs> that's very, yeah. That's very that's confusing. confusing. Yeah, exactly. What else can you tell us about baby? I mean, do we have to put layers of clothes on? Is it the blanket? What if they're too hot? Is, is that something that you discuss with mom and dad and baby as well? Lindy, what can you add to that? Yeah, so we obviously take everything into consideration um, and we do a full environmental discussion as well. We discuss from the white noise to the darkness of the room, we, we literally make the environment as sleep inducing as possible to make it ideal for our little ones to sleep. Because I mean, but like myself, I prefer sleeping in a dark room mm -hmm. and we most nights have either the aircon or the fan on to make a kind of a white noise. So it's, it's sleep inducing for us as well. Mm -hmm. So we want to make it ideal for them to sleep. So we take all of that into consideration and especially for our newborns, swaddling is an amazing tool. I know so many moms, and including myself, I believe that my baby hates a swaddle. Like, don't tr even try and put him or her in a swaddle. They just hate it. But after learning this and applying it with so many babies, um, just constantly applying it and doing it from the beginning, they get so used to it. And it's an amazing tool to help them settle and just calm that moral reflex that they have when, when you put them down and they, they give that, that shake that actually wakes them up again. It, it controls that uh, movement and it keeps them and, um, calm and going into that, 
deep sleep state. How long should baby be sleeping? I mean, people say different things online and there's, there's a lot of help out there, but the reason we're here is because we want to give everyone reassurance and tell them that we've all been through this where we're wondering about sleep for baby and then eventually it works out. But how, how long should baby be sleeping at night, Zanda? I mean, is that a milestone too or are we overreacting? Um, it's definitely um, one of those milestones and babies kind of do it when they're really ready. Um, but there are, again, um, methods that we can uh, look at to help encourage baby to uh, move on to onto that milestone. Um, so what we do is, again, we look at their uh, weight as well as how their whole day goes, if they're getting enough calories in, mm-hmm. um, how their solid intake is, if that baby is already on solids. Um, so we look at all of that. You, we, one really needs to have everything in balance before that real long uh, stretch of sleep um, happens overnight. Some, um, the general rule is from about nine months. Um, one can expect that they can really do stretches without even feedings. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can already work on self-soothing and getting them to do longer stretches from about four months. Right. So um, I've, I've had newborns that do really long stretches. So it really depends on baby and, and also what um, maybe association we need to work on. And mm. so, yeah, so it's a, it's a holistic thing. You can't just say, um, here's advice. Uh, your baby should be sleeping three by six mm. months or anything like that. Um, yeah. It's really, we really need to look at the whole picture. A, a thought came up now for me around traveling and breaking the routine, you know, uh, Omar slight, you know, Omar decides that she wants to have the baby for the weekend or Omar moves in and uh, you want to go on a date night and the routine is broken. Do you, do you have any knowledge on that? I mean, how long does it take for baby's routine to be broken? Um, most of us don't want to go out in the first few months because we feel like we are going to disrupt things for baby initially, you know. Um, do, is, do we disrupt their routine that quickly uh, or should we just go out with our girlfriends after the first few months <laughs> instead of staying at home and sticking with the routine, you know? Yeah. So we, we generally say if you can keep to the routine about 80% of the time, you can be flexible 20% of the time. So, and that's, I think, why weeks are like spread out perfectly. So if you can try and stay consistent five days of the week, Two days you can do, I mean, weekends we all want to do stuff because we we can go out and have time with our families. So if you try and stay consistent in the week, try and stay stick with your routine, then you won't disrupt your child so much. And once they're in that routine and they're used to certain stuff happening, if you're going on a holiday, for instance, just keep on doing that. So before nap time, take your baby to the room, read a little book, put him in bed and um, try and keep a dark white noise on so everything kind of stays the same it's just a different house mm-hmm. so we all want to be flexible I mean we can't just stay in a house that have lockdown all of the time <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah I think just just try and keep that 80 20 in mind 80 20 in mind what about twin moms and sharing a room Two babies in one room, they wake up each other, but socially we would want them to also have fun. Zanda, especially you with more than one baby, you know, do they do they tend to wake up each other? What do you do when there's 
when there's twins or triplets and they keep waking each other up, there's different opinions about this. I mean, some say separate the babies, others say let them sleep in one room. Mm. No, that's exactly that. And I'm actually working with twins at the moment. So it's, it's, it is quite a struggle if the one's waking the one and the one's waking the other one. So we do, um, again, white noise definitely helps a lot with this. So um, just so that they, they, they kind of focus on that sound instead of the, the crying um, of the, the other sibling. So, yeah, and usually twins are kind of used to the other one either crying or not. So they're used to the sound. So it's not something new or um, uh, that, that, that might disrupt them. Um, but, it, but it is a struggle. So we do try with the twins to have them in the same routine, um, feed them the same times, have, the, have similar um, ideas of, of how to get them to fall asleep. Uh, so usually your twins actually are not bad um, with sleeping because I think you're always attending to the one and then the other one might be crying. That might just have been enough and then they've fallen asleep by themselves because you're already busy with this one. So they sometimes learn the skill to fall asleep on their own accidentally. Um, I'm not saying it always needs crying, but I'm just saying sometimes you are attending to the one and you can't attend to the other one. But um, I think it's 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 difficult if um, yeah if if you don't have them on the same routine. So it, again, one would have to look at the situation again. The twins that I'm working with, the one's sleeping really well and the other one not. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we have to just look at that. And then just for everyone who's wondering, I mean, sleep training, I've never heard anything positive about that word, you know, from (laughs) leave them in the room till they cry and all kinds of stories that you see online. And so we want to obviously be in the know and we want to spread the right message. And so why would you recommend a form of sleep training? Because in none of your notes, I see sleep training. I just see things like debunk the myths of and you know so so what can we tell moms about sleep training if you want to feel informed and feel like you have seen the experts which you are uh what should we know yeah so i think it's actually really unfair that sleep training has, has such a bad rep because um, it's such a powerful tool and it's not so, it's not always, I think people think it's always cried out. They think, like you said, put your baby in the room, step out and you leave, it, leave them to ground, they fall asleep by themselves. So we have about seven methods that we're using to, to implement um, a form of sleep training for every unique situation. So, and like Zander said, we, we evaluate temperaments. So one thing will work for this baby, one thing won't work for them. But I think with sleep training, the the thing to just remember is that we need to step back and give our children the space to actually learn that skill and to fall asleep by themselves. And the other thing that people are always scared of is um, attachment. So they they worry that if they if they leave their baby for say two minutes in the room, even while they're sitting next to them, a lot of our methods were in the room. So you're supporting your child through it. You're there to help them through the emotion. I, as a mom, know that you need to sleep now. You can't actually help yourself by this point because you're overtired. Mm. So you need to just try and sleep. um, And then everything resets and we can start again with, with playing or starting with our day. How do we know that the person that we got in to help our baby sleep is not going to be effective? 
is it a three-day thing? Is it miraculously you arrive at the house and a week later we the house is asleep and we live happily ever after? And how how long should this take? You know, and should there be tears involved or should we become impatient? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's a personal experience for each one. Um, the 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 methods that we choose. Like, like Lindy said, we do according to the temperament of the mom. Um, if the mom is like, I can't handle crying at all, um, mm. then we kind of have to look at that and tell her, listen, okay, we have a program, but it takes four to six weeks before we actually see big victories. So you need to have that patience and you need to be able to be at home to be consistent enough so that the, the methods work. Um, but um, our usual methods are um, that we, let's say the biggest package that we are um presenting is the one that takes two weeks but there's also different methods there are in the room methods there are methods where you would be going in and out so so it's all all depends on the on what the need is sometimes parents need to go to work quicker so then we need to um, figure out how to get the process rolling a little bit um, sooner Mm. and the the, the, another question we always get also is if I've sleep trained my baby once well would it have to happen again like I'm going to do it now, but is it, do I have to go through it again? So um, I personally had to uh, work on my baby's sleep probably three or four times because they, there's illness, mm-hmm. there's sleep regressions. You've gone, gone away from holiday and things completely mm-hmm. went wrong, but the process never takes that long so again. So, so it's usually um, uh, maybe uh, let's say we that, did the sleep training in two weeks or three weeks and it started sorting out and things um, are much better. But then um, like my, yo, when my son was sick now, it only took about three days implementing the same loving boundary and then things are back on track. So it, it's all consistency. Consistency and predictability is the thing that sorts it out. Ladies, it's been great chatting to both of you. We can't wait to contact you. I've got 100,000 more questions around this. I even have questions around the fact that um, when the second baby comes, you know, the, the first one is back in nappies and now the routine is back. But I think you answered it for me when you said if you've done it once, uh, they, there's hope. And hopefully they can fall back to sleep again. Lindy mm-hmm. Kukamura and Zanda Khriyaf joining us from bravelittlebaby.com. This podcast was supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. Epimax Baby and Junior is dermatologist approved and free of artificial colorants and fragrances. Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores. Baby Brunch, the parenting series, is proudly brought to you by FedHealth. With FedHealth, you create your perfect medical aid. From the benefits you want to how and how much you pay. Visit fedhealth.co.za and switch to FedHealth now. FedHealth, create your aid.